how storms actually are the reason why we grow in our life mm-hmm. um it's True. how i want to look at it i was just giving an analogy to someone the other day that you know the global warming it's how i want to look at it i could look at it at saying that oh it's dangerous you know where are we going and all that stuff or i can say that can i look into it dig into it maybe the earth is giving me a message let's do something about it yeah right and yeah. that's the change then will happen so if we take in the storm the way it's meant to be then the growth will happen otherwise the stalemate and like in the erickson's uh, eight stages that i've mentioned in the book there are every stage in our life from the childhood adolescence teenage parenthood uh, you know uh, middle age old age all of these stages create certain challenges in our life Absolutely. and how i'm able to work that out and move forward is important otherwise that stuckness tomorrow will come yeah. out as anything else like a depression or anything else you know hi we are the confident communicator and i am seema mehta along with my partner deepma jadeja welcome to imperfect parenting together let's get on a journey of discovering kindness success and happiness courageously fearlessly and by holding ourselves to a standard of grace not perfection it is our mission at the confident communicator to empower kids and adults discover their own uniqueness through our coaching training and soft skills program we welcome you to a new chapter of imperfect parenting a series dedicated to discovering our own uniqueness without judgment by chiseling away all superfluous materials within ourselves hi everyone this is seema mehta from the confident communicator along with deepma jadeja and we are here once again for an exciting episode of imperfect parenting because we're going to talk a little bit about our own essence and our speaker today is a leadership and uh, behavioral expert and coach uh, amrita upadhyay who is also it coincidentally going to be releasing her new book uh, secret gifts from the perfect storm and it is such a intriguing title that amrita first of all welcome and thank you for being on our show and i am so excited to hear a little bit about the the name secret gifts from the perfect storm why it sounds kind of like a, there's a lot of stories behind it so ah. tell us about this book and tell us a little bit about how what inspired you to actually write this book yeah so um it goes way back uh, inspiration for writing a book went uh, way back in 2016 when i had come up with the concept of a storm and i i named the concept as i owe me that's the name of the concept and uh, it's an acronym for a full process of the storm which is completely in the book i've used analogies and um, the protagonist anita's uh, life journey to explain how that process of handling our own storms and come out in a positive way uh, is done and what happens when we back off uh, when we you know when we think we are evading but actually the storms does not allow anyone to move away and then you know what's the process so all of that is mentioned for our own uh, self growth uh, so the concept uh, of the idea of the book came way back in 2016 but um, there was a lot of uh, lack of clarity in terms of exactly what you know we were talking about essence today so what's the essence of the book you know and um, somewhere around between 12 to 2016 there's a lot of uh, 
I indulged in a lot of self-development, self-transformation programs. I got certified in IS, uh, ICF coach as well, which is, the program was about transforming self before we transform others. So there was a lot of change and people could see that and all that. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, we always say, uh, and my book also talks about how storms actually are the reason why we grow in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's True. how I want to look at it. I was just giving an analogy to someone the other day that, you know, the global warming, it's how I want to look at it. I could look at it at saying that, oh, it's dangerous, you know, where are we going and all that stuff. Or I can say that, can I look into it, dig into it? Maybe the earth is giving me a message. Let's do something about it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's the change then will happen. So if we take in the storm the way it's meant to be, then the growth will happen. Otherwise, the stalemate and like in the Ericsson's eight stages that I've mentioned in the book, there are every stage in our life from the childhood, adolescence, teenage, parenthood, uh, you know, uh, middle age, old age, all of these stages create certain challenges in our life. Absolutely. And how I'm able to work that out and move forward is important. Otherwise, that stuckness tomorrow will come yeah. out as anything else, like a depression or anything else, you know? True. Yeah. In fact, I, I was listening to a podcast uh, recently uh, where there was this Auschwitz sub- survivor, you know, the, the concentration camps in, uh, in Germany. And this lady was talking about how she uh, really did ha- have absolutely no animosity towards the soldiers who were guarding that particular concentration camp. And one thing she said, which I thought was extremely pertinent, and she said something like, you know, you are a prisoner in your own jail. So I have nothing against those soldiers because they were just doing their job. And I have no animosity towards them because they were just doing their job. And every single human being is a prisoner in their own mental jail. And And I think that when you talk about the perfect storm, I think what we are talking about is that we need to recognize that it is a jail that we have ourselves created and and we need to work towards resolving what is unresolved in order to make any changes in our behavior. Is that the direction that you are going towards here? Yeah. So uh, I would prefer to use the word voices than the jail or patterns than the jail or the boxes that we have created for ourselves. And uh, somewhere around 2019, through tragic circumstances, when I lost my twin, uh, 2020, I lost somebody very, uh, again, somebody very close. And the few conversations that I was having with certain friends, where I realized there's so much um, negativity surrounding uh, a constructive approach to working on my voices, constructive approach to working on my fears. On right. my insecurities, you know, right. uh, instead of putting it, uh, uh, shrugging it on the carpet, we think yeah. it's, we have shrugged it on the carpet, but it stays. It's, it's yes. going to be stuck inside our body and it doesn't go anywhere. And right. our body is uh, the one who takes in everything. The mind doesn't take, mind puts it to the body, right? Correct. So you have all the diseases coming up because of that and you know, tendencies to suicide and all of those things. So that really brought the essence of the book for me is. And it was it was new two seconds when I actually took the title. Uh, creator. It's just that I took a long time. It's, to it's a great title. It's a great title. that this is what I want, but yeah. it took a few seconds. I so, think Amrita, yeah. uh, Amrita, when we were talking earlier, uh, you said something very interesting where you said you learn so much more or you grow so much more through storms of your life than through the calm, gentle times of your life. 
And one of the things I realized when we were, we, we have been speaking is that you're so willing to put yourself in a, in a vulnerable position to accept your vulnerabilities so as to be able to uh, tell your story and help others with their journey. And yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that, the stories in the book and a little bit about Anita's journey through the book? So yeah, uh, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, 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 but one rider before I say that there are a lot of many times I also don't uh, I'm not in the vulnerable self I run away from being there so let me be honest because otherwise I would be a Buddha right yeah it's uncomfortable to be vulnerable but people have known me before and known me after uh, yeah. 2016 and even now for that matter see so much difference and they also say they get inspired so I'm very blessed to uh, you know, be able to contribute that way. Okay. Uh, so coming back to your point, yes, uh, the journey uh, writing the book was not easy. I have cre created the uh, protagonist Anita because I did not want to personalize the story. Uh, I wanted it okay. to be to be able to connect to the uh, readers. And that's the review that I've got so far is they're able to connect it very well because I've made it look from the eyes of Anita, the protagonist. Yes. yes. So, uh, but it is all completely inspired through my own journeys, honestly. And uh, it's always, and you will see through the, and there are a lot of flashbacks that happens, et cetera. And you will see that the growth only happened because Anita stayed with that storm, yes. uh, either with the help of a therapist or once she became equipped to work on herself, to be able to work on herself. So uh, whether it is to deal with herself, and we also discussed earlier, I remember, um, you know, uh, when we talked about wanting to change other people, right? Mm -hmm. Circumstances and other people are circle of influence. But what's in the, the locus of control that I have is me. Right. If, can, if I can transform myself, I can influence my circle of influence. And I've seen that happen with my son, with my husband, you know, other aspects as well. So what's important is own it up for yourself. So that's why also the word I owe me. Uh, because as long as I owe it to me, yeah. the change is I owe it to me. The so, vulnerability is I owe it to me. So Amrita, this episode is called Imperfect Parenting. And we are going to circle back into why we are talking about this in the first place. And I know that we, when we had our conversation about it, you mentioned that uh, a parent's unresolved issues usually makes kids the softer target. And the reason why we are talking about this is A, we want to talk about the the... Uh, you know, what is the core sense of self and why is it that it is important for us to resolve anything unresolved to become better parents? So, uh, you know, with, with the vulnerability conversation, it's fine because this is imperfect parenting. It's not perfect parenting. Uh, it's imperfect parenting. But why why is it so important for us to talk about it as parents and how can parents help influence the behavior or deal with the behavior of a child if they resolve their own issues? Mm -hmm. So uh, I'll take a step-by-step -step approach of opening the onion to you. So uh, if you look at a journey uh, of, uh, if I give an analogy of uh, pottery, right, uh, molding of the pot, there is a, you know, a con everybody can't do it. Oh, uh, it sounds, watching a video of somebody making a pot, it sounds easy. But when we ourselves do it, it becomes very difficult, hands hurt, become shapeless. Correct. So obviously there is, so people think, oh, I'm become a parent, it's, it's automatic. So there yeah. is some level of conscious learning required, which used to happen 
yawns back with the ecosystem of others being around us now we don't grandparents have and uh, great grandparents yeah. yes yeah. and that is something which i think people need to be aware of that uh, what we are coming of what we are birth is a very very soft tender being and if i press too hard it goes some other way if i don't press enough it will probably burst you know it, it's so we need to be tenderly shaping it at yeah. the same time not the way i want to shape it right so the way i want to shape it is probably i love that long bottle and so i want to shape it like that that's probably my concept of thinking that a girl should be like that or a boy should be like that right for example today's gender i mean i mean in both ways like you know either uh, for example the way uh, you know our parents think believe is also what is passed on to us right and uh, maybe yeah. tomorrow onwards it just 24 hours if you just sit back and you will notice and take a one example from your life and try to observe and you see a lot of have family members having similar patterns of behaviors or beliefs right, right. that is what we transfer but that not may not be good enough for that person because the person is grown up in a different way right, right. and uh, so for example uh, in, uh, you know when i'm given uh, in the book uh, anita examples uh, authoritative figures that the child came up looking at uh you know uh, eric bern comes up with a beautiful eric bern is a famous psychologist who i mean has really influenced my way of looking at things uh he says uh, children at the age of 3 to 4 okay they're not uh, duds by the age of 3 to 4 they have started building their life script life script like a drama script skeleton saying if i if i cry i will be hit so stop crying or if i cry i will get food so keep crying whichever way you know yes. uh, if i rebel people will give attention and lot of right. other things you know right. and then by the age of adolescence it starts putting uh, fictitious characters like harry potter and say and say, see see this the see he behave like that see this is what happens i told you right yeah and by the same age of teenagers and adult it is reinforced and reinforced and that's the pattern yeah. so what we are talking about here is it destroys the essence Yes. So if I go back to the analogy of the pot, if I come from that emptiness of nothingness, that I know how to do, I've been trained, I'll just go with the flow and let me see what emerges. Yes. You never know something might emerge which nobody has ever seen. It's pretty a masterpiece. True. Yes. True. Right. So what is the important is when we are parenting? It's not easy, by the way. That's yeah. why I use the analogy because analogy makes it look easier. Yeah. But, <laughs> ask a potter he will know how difficult it was to create the first masterpiece right so, so it is difficult because the 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 crux is i need to be authentic and in the vulnerable self and not from a patterned way of thinking right for example you know anita's um, uh, parents parent had her own way of issues like our parents have their issues and their parents had issues right and they gave those issues to their parents and yes. they are giving it to us so correct but if i can operate henceforth from a conscious space i can break that pattern correct right? correct so aitas for example um, you know uh, they very difficult in, um, a mom had a very difficult upbringing where the girl had to do everything the girl had to be the strong person to be able to handle everyone and she expected the same thing and from a village whereas here i am growing in a uh, tier 1 cosmopolitan city you can't expect the same thing 
and i've written a beautiful poem here if uh, if uh, i mean i mean that poem will give the crux of the whole thing that i'm going to i'm saying um and i just thought i'll read that out sure sure love for you to share it yeah it's there in the book as well and this this came up when i uh, you know was in a storm of uh, really wondering what was happening to me and this also brings you the next question is how to identify the essence so uh, so i was in that space of really feeling bad and grieving and how come i am not still good enough and how come i still have to live up to expectations and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then this poem came uh, it say the the topic is i am me in capital letters i am me who i am is a part of you this is this was like a letter to my mother yeah yeah uh you are my creator because i came from within you so why then am i not fully like you or the way you might have imagined or wished me to be every parent would love their child to be like them but think about it <laughs> yes you created me you put your soul into creating me you gave me the values and ethos that make me strong and till day drives me this is very strong lady along the way before i came into this world i also had parts of dad in me and lo and behold when i came to this world i was a mutation of you and dad and your ancestors before that how can that be bad yes you never question them how are you questioning us right for from you i got the courage of conviction values of boldness honesty and compassion from dad i got the spirit of adventure and exploration <clears throat> and the dream to experiment with self passion for mystic and drama yearning for solitude and being alone though you may not that these may not be the ideal qualities you envisaged in a woman because this is something she saw this like be a woman you know but this is how i yes. got i am a genetic mutation of both of you i can't be only one right and so as i was growing searching for a footing of who i was becoming I also embodied the energies that which were present in my surroundings. I was not from a village. Mm-hmm. Isn't this how a gem gets formed over the years by a plethora of elements around and not just by the pure carbon that initially created it? True. Oh, I am proud and delighted that I am a unique combination of you, dad and the universe around me. For this is how I am whole and complete. I am me and this is how I have to be. I love so, the word I love the word uh, uniqueness that you used because uh, I think I think that's something that even in our programs we constantly talk about and even in our conversations with so many other guests almost everybody in the end says that you know we need to recognize and honor and respect the uniqueness of every single individual yeah. yet yet we become that potter who's trying to create that masterpiece and and you know is trying to make that perfect pot and and is failing at it all the time so so yeah how how does was, when... just i i was just thinking about this this was something that my daughter brought up to me and this poem just completely hits me in that spot with because it looked like something she was trying to say where there's a part of us that says i want you to be like this because that's how i was and that's how i was raised and therefore you should be like me and then there's another part of us that says i want you to be like this because those were the things that i couldn't achieve and you need to achieve them and think of the dichotomy of what message we are sending to our children because we want them to be everything that we are and we want them to be everything that we aren't 
right cool. and that's where you said i am me and that's how i'm going to be and yeah. i love that that's so beautiful yeah because i i that's what my daughter suddenly made me realize ki mom i can't be you and not be yeah. you right I think that's that's this that's the expectation that that children sort of rebel against because yeah. it's just virtually impossible to satisfy what the parent is really looking for uh, because you you are not that person so i think having that conscious parenting that conscious mindful way of thinking about uh, you know you've got to not lay that expectation on your children becomes so critical right and and recognizing the core essence of your child yeah. uh, becomes so important and how does one do that though yeah. uh, so, tell us how so, one does. yeah so you spoke about the uniqueness in each person and that's what is called essence yeah. uh, it's not something uh, something uh, stupendous or something it is base it is a, it's a very interesting part of everyone right um, it's basically the qualities that make us who we are make us alive make us tick like a clock every day that's mm-hmm. so everybody has certain things and like i read somewhere recently that the best question to ask to understand that would be if you are not molded by your parents by the time you are 3 to 4 years in your for the first 3 to 4 years in your life who would you be today uh-huh. so deepma the question is the same thing right when yeah. you are when you ask when i am parenting i would like to be like i heard to be like me i would ask you to ask the question to yourself who would i have been if I, my parents did not mold me the way i did yes oh yes. oh you will cry <laughs> that's that in a work that you would have that's, that's the crutch yeah. for you to understand that's called your end now Mm. So then you'll be detached. So this question is so powerful because I loved this question because I woke up when I read this question. I just woke up, and waking up means that I'm conscious of the here and now and not operating from that zone. Correct. Mm. That usually I operate from because this is how I'm patterned to think. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm patterned to think that uh, you know uh, girls should not choose marketing. Just giving you some random that comes to my mind, right? roaming around jo civil engineering and roaming the uh, every day outside and you know in the heat and the dust girl should not do that if yeah. i'm coming from that path i'm not talking about right or wrong here it yeah. could be right it could be some experiences that experience may exist even today that situation may exist today as well it may not exist but whichever it is we need to be present where am i coming from is it just a belief right what yeah. i'll give you an example i'll yeah. give an example yeah. for you to understand this so for example when i was um, uh bringing up my son in the ninth grade he was typically uh, i understood so i have known him to be his sure his essence has always been curiosity you mm. know a curious child uh, you know almost a situation happened where uh, curiosity kills a cat happened uh, way back when he was 6 years old but so that essence and he is a competitive kid you know uh, and because of curiosity it's all, always about wanting information Right. Synthetically, not theoretical concepts and stuff. So I knew the certain things of these uh, because I've worked on all the self-awareness and all that. And in the ninth grade, an over uh, above IQ kid was almost flunking in almost all the subjects, including his favorite subjects of math, etc. And I and an only child, so I knew there's something we got to do. And uh, it took days of trying to open it up. One day, I just sat with myself. Right. One of the ways when he said, "How do you understand?" Uh, is first of all the question that i asked you right um yeah my uh, the first answer was i was never allowed to be me 
so uh, my essence was love so automatically when we are our essence is pushed or snubbed mm-hmm. and throttled we become our shadow self so essence is light shadow you know shadow uh, self so if the essence is love shadow could be anger so for so a long long time people knew me as anger angry girl uh, so you you are, what you are saying is that you have to allow the child to thrive in their essence we and tell them we don't create it uh, for them yeah yes but how how does a parent figure out what their child's essence i mean is it easy how do we how do you figure that out so so typically i'll just give some example so and then i'll tell you so you know the process for example if i said my son's essence was curiosity yeah. when it is throttled there's a lot of laziness there's no curiosity absolutely no curiosity because he is he snubbed it off because he knows that the more curious he gets the more he is going to be disappointed because it's not going to be allowed so one point of time he just closes himself off to that and he operates he has told himself this is not going to help me survive in life the child has learned it long back so he yeah. stopped using those things for example there somebody i know uh, recently we spoke about the child uh, very and uh, very energetic uh, not a destructive child at all very energetic and very empathetic but so much so that he goes to somebody's houses and you know that the child sees something takes out something breaks things right and uh, he gets beaten or punished for yeah punished for yeah. so what happens is there is some essence that they have not identified that it becomes destructive he starts rebelling Mm. So if I look at right now, I've not spoken to the person, but if I look at the opposite of destruction, what is it? Creation. Creation. Yeah. And think about that energy of that child. He wants to feel, curiously feel things to create and develop. Otherwise, that person, oh, what's this about? I want to. And fundamentally, children break things to create, right? Yes. Kinesthetically. Yeah. So there's a lot of that, that kind of energy, probably, and of course, through more questioning will come. But what am I doing to that creative? So probably the essence of creation. Think about it. How many people have essence of creation? Yeah, and it's getting what into discussion. Uh, what, what's his name? I can't. I I I might be butchering this, but I think it was Picasso who said, right? Every child's born a genius, and yeah. then we snuff it out of them. Yeah, over over the period of life, right? Yeah. And so we. I remember one of our parents saying, one of our uh, guests, I think, saying that she used to be very curious, like you said, and she used to ask a lot of questions in school, and then she would get uh, punished, and she had to stand outside the class and all of that because she was asking too many stupid, quote unquote, stupid questions. And she yeah. said, what happened was I became an adult that never questioned yeah. anything, mm-hmm. right, and just accepted everything exactly. that was. So that's kind of dangerous because then so, you're killing the. What, so right? the reason why uh, your question about essence is important, we'll probably come to that uh, uh, for the question is in a rainbow. Also, is every person if I can tap that essence, then I can wade through all the challenges in my life. So when I'm there are dark moments, there are difficult moments. Yes, it's that essence if you can hold on to that strength within you. That is the core inner part of you which will always help you. Yeah. You know? So when uh, uh, Sima, you ask, how do you identify some of the ways to identify? Of course, right. this process right. could be the uh, appreciative inquiry way of asking questions. So the first question I asked you, if you were not molded, what would you be? So it's mm. an appreciative inquiry, inquiring inside to say, for example, instead of saying, um, uh, you know, uh, why is this not working? Mm. What we say is, what is in me that can create? all this from that's a way of look appreciative way of looking at things so that could be used uh, uh you know uh, for example we could say talk about and usually this is to be done 
the reason it's not initially people will need help to do this is because uh, you need to remove all the clutter and voices yeah first. yeah a lot of stuff that says do you ask the child or you ask yourself what is it in me if that i have to if i have to talk about for my own self i do that if hmm. i want to groom that child into uh, identifying its her essence i will do that to the child because Which i think it's important right for the the most important person in your life or the two most important people in your life in the first at least 21 years are your parents so i would say that we need to uh, give parents this ability to identify what is the child's essence and then help so, them on that path yeah, so, so i would like you to talk a little bit so about if, that you know because yeah so if you ask me that way i give go back to the example that i said about my son who was not doing well in his studies so i used a technique called abc which is called activating uh, activation behavioral and consequences that and the acronym is for that i'll talk about it yeah. so uh, uh, of course at that time i was not sure of the abc i automatically did it but i know that consciously now there's a technique like that is a cognitive <laughs> way of processing uh is when uh, i so was parents like, instinct is usually right <laughs> amrita that's amazing yes. what's important here is uh, uh because i had already dabbled in ontology and way of being already i worked on that i was in that space of being aware that what am i being otherwise most times people we just we just go on doing not realizing what am i being if i'm being a strict parent i create either a very highly compliant child or a rebel child etc right yeah. all the time not all sometimes it's important if i'm too controlling for example but if i'm over nurturing i might create a, a spoiled child or yeah. you know stuff like yeah. that so what am i being both is important are, both both ends of the spectrum are not necessarily where you want to be so so yeah. walk us through your conversation with your son you were saying that he wasn't doing well yeah. so, so how did you all have that conversation i'm i'm very curious to know what was that conversation what transpired between the two of you yeah so the so what happened was i realized things were not working not nothing was working okay i was asking him questions why etc nothing was working so the one day there was a lot of fear and anxiety within me because i know he is a com- very competitive kid and for such a kid and a curious kid so such a kid what happens is uh, they 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 nose dive in their own eyes you know and i was really worried about how it's going to go for him in future and, and not nothing to do with marks or academics i was re- really worried for him you know So I just sat one day and I asked my I just sat with that fear. So I didn't run away. First of all, I didn't run away from that. I was vulnerable and I stayed in that vulnerability. Yes. What parents sometimes do is no, 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 no. How can I feel weak if I am weak? That I can't handle. No. If you are weak, stay in that space. That the space will tell you why you are weak. Mm. If you don't understand why you are weak, how can you be strong? Right. Right. If I don't know whether to take aspirin or crocin, what will I do? I'll take the wrong right. medicine. Correct, correct. So I stayed in that space uh, maybe a couple of days. I don't remember right now, and and it's it's a process that we learn through our being helped through a therapist. I was already undergoing and I had already gone through it, so I had some idea about it. And uh, what came to me was, I the the best uh, technique is to feel what is the feeling in the body, in the heart, everywhere. Feel it, you know. Mm. many times trust me uh, all the coachings that i do 90% if i am optimistic i if otherwise i will say 99% of the time people have stopped feeling so when i ask them to feel they they give me words like thinking words like uh, i think i'm uh, um um 
what do you call uh, something some technical word they'll use but feeling sad guilty they don't want to about. they don't want to deal with what they are feeling maybe they don't want to confront it, it or they're they not aware yeah they shunned it because it's easier to do that right yeah it's easier to do that yeah, yeah. so staying with that feeling what i realized is amrita what are you being is the first question i asked and when i'm saying being it's energetic zone ki what are you what is the energy space i said the first answer was amrita parent okay which is fine i am a parent yeah. but parent is also a uh, a role okay as a role yes but as an energy what am i being i realize i am being the typical you know uh, strict controlling and the way i said no i, I don't like that feeling that feeling was not apt mm-hmm. and i asked what is that i like to be what is that i what is that space i want to be and that fear came out love because that's my essence Okay, so no wonder I'm in the healing and the coaching space. So love for me came out very, very clearly. I, I, I just want to be loved. I want to love, as in I don't want to mollycoddle, but I want to be pure, unconditional love for creation. Mm. If I come from that space, if I come from the space of love, okay, what is that I will want from my son? I will want him to be happy. Mm. That's all, right? Okay, simple. Uh, and then I asked. So this is the. Uh, so the what I did. The A is activating uh, uh, situations. What is that situation that activates triggers? So mm-hmm. I took up some of the situations. This is talked about uh, where he was not uh, studying well and he's not getting his marks. And I could see his energies goes down. I could see him totally demotivated. Oh, खुद के नजरियों से गिर रहा था. So I could mm-hmm. see that happening. You know. Mm-hmm. So th- I took that event and stayed with those feelings and. Once you do that, it's it's it's, it's a fraction of a minute. So second thing, I mean, I talked about behaviors. Is yeah. my, what are the behaviors and beliefs? What are the beliefs that get activated through this situation? Yeah. So the belief that came out is I need to do this. I need to do. That's when I stayed with it. Uh-huh. Hold it. Hold it. I don't like it. You need to solve it. Yeah. 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 So now the belief shifted to not as a typical parent. I just need to be pure love. That's yeah. all the belief yeah. came out. So for that, the reason I said the clutters, I was trained by then. to remove all the you know patterned way of beliefs and thinking so yeah. initially you need somebody to hold you for that yeah and uh, once i realized that then the next question was what's the consequence mm. in fact uh, it's such a fraction of a second that's why i missed out first abc is if i'm being a parent typical controlling parent or too much nurturing mollycoddling parent then what is the belief i'm coming from that my son should do this my son should get this marks and this it was very claustrophobic should, by the should. way yeah and yeah. what should be the what will be the consequence i could see the consequence that happened so the abc yes. right so then we shifted and say that okay what is that you want to be and what is the situation you want to create so then mm. i look at the different kind of a situation event that i want to create for mm. that what is that have to be the beliefs what is uh, that have to become yeah. the beliefs were that and hence what is the consequence of those the consequence would be that he will be happy okay then again go back to abc as in what is my belief about happiness huh. oh that that struck me i was like how do i know getting this so and so marks in math is going to make him happy it may make me happy but i don't know what will so because i came from a very neutral space of unconditional love without any condition mm-hmm. i was able to detach myself from my understanding of happiness to his understanding of happiness happiness correct and i realized i don't know what makes him happy 
at the age of 36 or i don't know i realized i do not know what makes my son happy my son was already ninth standard 14 years of age i do not yeah. know what makes him happy which is a rude shock but i loved the sweetness of the storm because that made me ask more questions that right. is why i say every storm every challenge is a boon to you yeah you get these secret gifts from that perfect storm that's exactly so why then, the name of the book yeah. yeah so then again i did the abc exercise so it's 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 see when we say rewiring ourselves it's about taking that event taking the trigger the belief and seeing the consequences you like the consequences no i don't like the consequences so let's change it look at what the situation you would like to be look at the, what the kind of belief that needs to be look at what the consequence and hence what actions yeah. i should take and, and for 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 all the parents who are listening to this episode i mean i it can get very complex and then there is some expert that you need to kind of hold your hand to kind of yes. through this process however i think this first step is something that any parent can do which is the awareness do you feel like your child is in the essence that they were meant to be and as parents like deepma said you know we do have an instinct about it there is an instinct about it we may not recognize the instinct but because we are clouded by oh he's not doing well she's not doing well very bad marks or or is very shy or whatever the reasons are we get very clouded by it but our instinct is telling us that there is this is the essence of the child and that awareness is the first step and i think that once we have that awareness then we can get this kind of external uh, you know support or even do this exercise of abc to really get into that space of what is it that you want for your child and But if you are awareness like you said rightly awareness about what is that i am being and hence what am i creating rather than saying oh the situation is like that i need to change that person no what are you creating for that event to happen so yeah is that awareness that is first required i love that i love that you're saying ask these questions and then sit with those answers right and be proactive about the situation that you're creating rather than reacting to a situation that's already there and reacting probably in a ineffective way yeah because okay, i have been contributed in i have contributed in molding that kid so there is a 95 to 99% chance that i am creating this scenario so can i stay in the storm and point the finger at me first and figure out what is that i can create to reverse it we always do the reverse we look at the child saying wo aise behave kar raha hai yeah but yeah we shift the blame from you know our own uh, storm and and our own whatever we are not resolving and shift the blame to the child saying that you are the one who's doing you are the person who is not getting good marks you are the one so i think what you are saying is that parents need to take a step back and kind of stay in their own storm to sort of really understand what yes. is it that they are dumping on their children Absolutely. and that's that's beautiful that's really well said i remember in our previous conversation there was one line that you used which i thought was really amazing which is pick your rainbow can you talk a little bit about that yeah so pick your rainbow is also similar to um, the core essence core strength that each of us have right uh, so the example that i would like to give is in 2009 when i was in, in the i think it was one of the most lowest periods in my life where i lost something very precious i mentioned in the book i lost my dad who was actually the masculine holding support for the family and i'm talking from the energy perspective not the gender perspective um and i my son was crumbling in lot of spaces because i was crumbling and the doc told me that amrita if you don't take care of yourself you'll you'll die of shock in the next 6 months so in every sense i was crumbling and i've heard of suicide cases and stuff like that here it was not suicide it was like i was letting my health take it take me out of my life you know 
but what got me out of the bed every day, take myself to counseling sessions was, I sat myself, I could have easily said, okay, forget it. Let me just go away. Right. Mm. Uh, but what brought me out of the darkness is in that space, I know one of my core essence is like I told you is love. And I'm talking about pure universal uh, in terms of the internal external harmony, you know, the, the sink of, uh, uh, how do I say, um, it's a life source energy where, you know, uh, that just gets you up every day. And I, I realized I have so much love for my son that it, it just automatically brought me up. So every day I would do that. Of course, after a period of time, he also went for counseling and all that. So when I say the inner rainbow, mm. uh, I also, it's not like overnight I get, I can just, I get up and I feel it. No, for that, you need to be in that storm of that feeling. Yeah. So I gave you the example of the parenting example where I stayed with that storm of vulnerability of what did, am I contributing? It's tough for a parent to say, I am contributing to that. Yes. But we need to sit with it. And through that, the rainbow was, what am I being? I mean, imagine the strength that I can get out of that knowledge that I just need. It completely de-stressed me when I realized I all I need to be is pure love to him. I don't have any other expectation out of myself. It was so de-stressing. Yeah. yeah. It you know, took the pressure off, right? Yes. Of, I have to do this, 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 this. No, I yeah. just have to provide him with unconditional love. Yeah. That's all that he needs. I think, I think inherently most human beings, I mean, that, that certainly is the case for all of us, is that somewhere inherently we don't desire to be unhappy. We desire to be happy. However, when uh, an incident happens or some situation or some challenge comes into our life, we look at the challenge and say, okay, you know, now that this challenge has happened, all I'm going to be is unhappy because I, I just want to kind of stay in that storm for some time and, you know, continue with that challenge of being unhappy. But, but that inherent nature of the human being to be happy is also there, which is where I think that picking up your rainbow becomes very critical because you have to then eventually make a choice, right? I mean, you, when you made the choice of, oh, I, all I need to do is love him unconditionally it doesn't matter what he's doing what his circumstances are whatever the consequences are my thing is that i need to love him unconditionally and and i need to survive myself uh in order to continue to love him because that's what my inherent uh, temperament is so how do we i mean there is obviously a distinction between being happy uh, being miserable and being in pain so you can be unhappy and you can be in pain and the pain can continue for a long period of time. It doesn't mean that you have to stay in that state of unhappiness. You can yeah. still look for that rainbow and sort of get out of it. Is that something? Yeah. So that makes sense? Beautifully, yeah, beautifully put. So in 2019, when my twin uh, brother died and uh, for me, it was uh, very, very traumatic. I'm still working on some of the, sometimes the grief does come up. Yes. Because, uh, a twin, so it was more like the soul is going to be, it was no brainer. He's going to be with me for the rest of my life. That's how it was, you know. Yeah. So uh, one year of battling with him for his cancer, all that took a toll. So the first one year, there's a lot of grief. I would rapture in grief. There are days when I would be incapacitated with grief. And I used to be angry. Don't even ask how angry. But I didn't. So the, the typical uh, patterned way of uh, uh, programming us, you know, is by certain people who themselves were scared of handling the situation is don't feel that you know it does not help yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is a toxic positivity that made me trigger to write this book as well where people will say 
or let's not talk about it i'm you know? so glad you are talking about this because that toxic positivity is a curse and yeah. and i think we got to do away with it absolutely yeah. so, so so sometimes when we grieve a lot there is a lot more bleeding and all that for women and all right so i i've heard of women saying no that's why i don't get into this thing body work because you know all that stuff but then the body is saying something you know yes of course with medical help we hold it i'm not saying ignore that symptom but th- there is something there you know so mm. i held on i did a lot of uh, drawing therapy uh, dance therapy energies meditations all of these aspects actually are important because they take away the voices and you become in a very no zone nothingness zone and that's the zone where you actually can tap into what's really happening within what mm. is this so there was a lot of anger and guilt before the grief yes. came into picture yeah and uh, then through the wisdom and through the processing i realized that that guilt is all about uh, the patterns of thinking that i'm not good enough i didn't do much so i have this perfectionist part of me which is try hard uh, be strong no matter what and these mm-hmm. are all patterns that as a yeah. child growing up i've watched and learned from my parents yeah yeah right? they may we not mim- have focused we mimic our parents yeah we mimic our parents behavior yeah absolutely but i was aware of it by now so i stayed with it and i realized that uh, the logical self and all the people i was talking to my therapist peers everyone did give me those insights i also did self coaching and did take help from others because there are times yes. when you're so down in it and yeah. all of them they made me also realize that there's so much i did that in one year i did not even eat or sleep well right right and still i'm saying i'm not good enough i didn't do enough that's when i was able to really sit, and it's not a conscious thing this comes within me and yeah. i was able to figure out the dif- and detach that pattern thinking and grief and then i realized the guilt was gone only the grief left and yeah, it's time for the grief pain lingers i mean that's what we are saying that pain doesn't just because we are making a choice to be happy doesn't mean that the pain will not go will will go away for example with the passing of your twin uh, the pain is always going to be there every single time you talk about him or you think about him or you bring him up the pain resurfaces having said that one having said that beautifully having said that few changes do, do happen one yeah. is the frequency of it goes away second Correct. the intensity of it so the first yes. first few months the intensity i took my chest used to hurt physically so pain yeah physically i used to get body palpitations i used to hurt yeah. all of that my mind was foggy like my mm. clarity of speech was gone yeah and i people used to and after i finished the 6 8 month cycle people used to tell me amrita you seem so clear now yes so all that will happen but yes often on the memories will come i yes. will sad i will miss him yes yeah. but that's all it is correct yes, right? but yeah. you can still choose to pick your rainbow because that's that's the whole point right that yeah. even though the pain can linger for a long period of time you still have to go back to that inherent self which is that which is you know in your case your essence was to be, to love uh, whatever your essence as you got to go back to that essence and that essence is usually from what i'm hearing a very positive thing it's not yeah. a negative thing it's it's it is whether it is curiosity or it is love or whatever the other different essences it's are pure. it's pure it is pure and it is positive it's pure it's pure a pure yeah. is always positive and exactly. I, this is the word i want you to tell is when i said love it means beauty so i see beauty in and out Yes. So for me if i stay in that space i actually blossom and so processing this grief for my brother was also brought in automatic since it's automatic to me i saw the beauty of what he contributed in his death 
and in the book also is a beautiful poem people have those who have read it said amrita we are tearful when we read it because it's the essence of who he was when he was alive and even in his death it still serves me and and so that's that, what i got the whole it. that's the point right that that's even rainbow, it, right even exactly even as he passed away the memory of him and what he left behind is is the is where the central focus starts shifting towards where as the pain starts lingering away the reprogramming happens exactly and i was going to ask you that yeah. the next yeah. question is that clearly in order to sort of first you need to stay in that perfect storm and and there are, and when you recognize that there are these secret gifts that that perfect storm gives you how do you then reprogram your mind to sort of go back to your essence to add to this question a little bit amrita while you think about it is that you talk very beautifully about love being an essence or going back to your essence whatever it is whatever your pure essence is that purity that you feel inside your heart going back to that picking the rainbow i loved that it's fabulous and the third thing that you said was letting go of this toxic positivity which means that everything's not going to be wine and roses all the time there is going to be you know you are going to have ups and downs in your life and you're going to have to sit with those as well as you sit with the uh, with the other storms you have to sit with your negative feelings and negative emotions as well now given all these three things that concepts that you've kind of given us now where do you go with the reprogramming of the of your subconscious which you said started when you were 3 and 4 years old yeah so and, Yeah, so the couple of things that's coming. Yeah, the couple of things that's coming. If I go back to what uh, 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 Sima also asked us, uh, how do I reach? So one is to uh, one of the ways to, uh, and to some extent, will answer yours as well is uh, the reason we need to reprogram is simply because of the programs that has been put in us, which is now yes. not empowering anymore. It's it is it has become self defeating. As yes. a child, it may have served me to survive. Yes. Okay. Uh, be quiet, Amrita. Be disciplined, Amrita. Yeah, don't yeah. ask questions, Amrita. So, as a child, it has served me. Uh, don't do this; you'll be shamed and ostracized. So, as a child, it helped me. But now, it is becoming. It is hampering me. It's hampering my life yeah. and my relationship. Right. right. Yeah. And I see people so, everywhere. Why are people authoritative? Why are people mean to me? Because I am allowing it. Right. Yes. Yeah. So then, the reprogram need for it. So one very important point is first of all, and I will. Harp on this, even if the end of the session, is to be aware of the fact that you need to change. Correct. And the reason I'm harping is people who are watching this. If they don't, I know I have come across a lot of people, even in my personal life, who don't feel the need to change. Mm. Let's stop the conversation. That person, yeah, the person is actually not happy, but they don't want to change. You have to have the humility to recognize that there is a change required. I think that's that's the first. So the first step. step is self-awareness. Is what I meant. Yeah. Are you aware? Yeah. What are you creating? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other side is always greener. Yeah. Concept that I've come up with people. So being aware is very important. Then we we'll work on the reprogramming. Yes, okay. correct. The first step is reflection and awareness. Yeah, because if the internal motivation is missing, uh, the hypnosis, ab jo bhi karao, yeah, doesn't work. Nothing will work. Yeah, nothing will work. Yeah, correct. So that happens. Second is when we do talk about reprogramming, it's also to understand. So why I talked about these patterns is when we say reprogramming, we are talking about bringing ourselves out of those voices and patterns that we are used to, right? So. Uh, 
again it's the abc technique that you can use you can use a lot of nlp techniques right uh, like for example there is a technique called uh, perceptual positioning where you take up different positions mm. you know it's an inter internal conflict that i have that you know uh, uh, i do not know how to collaborate i don't know there's a conflict with someone and i don't know how to work this out we do an analysis where a uh, process where we are going out of our cluttered mind it's a, it's a slightly uh, first level of uh, hypnosis we can do it ourselves meditative process that i look like for example if i'm talking to you about you uh, seema yeah uh, you will look at uh, you will detach yourself and look at yourself in that conflict as a third person yeah as a third person and then you will look at every minor things and you would have missed out a lot of stuff so right. clarity about emotion oh this was not guilt this is anger oh this is how she i behave usually and you will realize we also look at the other person's reaction and we realize oh this person is really sad i didn't realize it so a lot of these perspectives come up without our pattern way of thinking okay mm -hmm. and then as a mentor and as a system level of person you know that we look at when a higher source how i will look and how will i guide and this is a very therapeutic way of looking at it where our pattern thinking does not come in between right and whenever i have done this exercise with people people wake up and they just for few seconds they are they just stunned because they did not expect to have a different opinion yeah by themselves by themselves yeah right yeah. now they have had a shift in perspective okay i wouldn't call it reprogramming yet Mm. right the shift in perspective that like the way i said now i operate from love oh for me that was a big awakening oh that's all i have to be it was so simple mm. it was shift in perspective but to reprogram we have to practice it we have to create situations yeah either create situations in our mind and so like, like are you talking about affirmations are you talking about affirmations affirmations visualizations and Visualization. finally also taking the uh, courage to practice it in real life and say yeah. okay we'll do it yes we'll see how it works out so yeah that's how we actually do a step by step and to be able to operate from that you have to be in your core essence right so deepma i we have been skipping that point that you've been asking in between one of the ways to identify is like i said um, appreciative inquiry process for for example uh, you know uh, if and this is again a visualizing process that you can use there are different techniques one of the techniques that i'm telling you is you know uh, in a very meditative visualizing process after feeling the whole body and being very uh, mindful of the present you ask that person about when uh, recollect that moment when you were in in your peak when you felt in the you were the peak of the world you know the you know the best moment that you can like whenever yes. from the you can pick two three of them mm. and run through like a movie as if you're experiencing it right now literally live it right now because people have forgotten all that you know okay they remember intellectually we have experienced it you know because the body is very very wise so experience it now and in that pick up every aspect that's coming up who are talking what what is this, what are you hearing what are you listening what are you doing how are you feeling what are you wearing experience the whole thing and in that moment you mm. ask a lot more series of questions like what were the qualities that made it like that mm. what did you hear that made it like that what did you say that made it like that whatever you know you take it and through that series of questions will come out what really mattered in that moment mm all the opposite mm. what was your most difficult circumstances and what and similarly drive through and ask them what was missing in that 
Hmm. What made it so challenging, so difficult, and whatever horrific or whatever? What was missing in that? And they'll get it. And it's a process. Correct. And that's when you realize what that really matters to you more. And those are your core values. Right. Yeah. And if and if you do this and you do this activity and you realize you put those core values in every situation where it went well, you will see why it went well because of those core values being present in their environment. Right. Which means that's my essence. That's your essence. Yeah. So if I can identify that and. For me, it was simple, beauty in and out. Wherever there was beauty, people are happy. Live and let me. Where everybody's happy, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Automatic, my son needs to be happy. Simple. Then the next question is, what makes it happy? So reprogramming is all about questioning my basis of my assumptions. Yes, yes. Assuming happiness to be my and his happiness same. Oh. So start questioning your own questions. Yes. And that's when the reprogramming happens. Wow. wow. I think that if, if parents can actually go through this process and, and I think that the first the first statement itself, which is stay in that storm for some time, you know, stay away from toxic uh, positivity, uh, be very self-aware, you know, start identifying what your essence is, what is the essence of your child, what is it, then start reprogramming in the sense that start asking yourself a lot of questions and then reprogramming your mind. Yeah. This entire process is, is something that if parents are struggling with either the behavior of their own unresolved issues or the behavior of their children, uh, I think this is a beautiful exercise uh, for anybody to go through. And we can't wait for your book to come out because I think and we hope that that book is going to give us the process and, and a lot of answers that I bet uh, everybody is going through because you know we talk about it all the time that we form belief systems at a very young age and then after some time those don't work for you anymore they're useless we got to get rid of those belief systems that are not working for you how do we become aware of those and then how do we get rid of those belief systems so i think uh, amrita thank you so much for being with us today i think that your book is going to be a game changer for sure uh, yes. called uh, secret gifts from the perfect storm and i know it's coming around uh, mid june is what i hear and we are very excited we can't wait to actually get a, a copy of that and and kind of get our hands on it so thank you so much amrita for being on our show and i hope a lot of parents uh, find a lot of answers that they have been looking for when yeah. it comes to being in their own perfect storm thank you amrita thank you. so much this was very uh, very enlightening just wanted to say parents one of the things i think one of my biggest takeaways from this is identify your essence identify your child's essence and then empower them to lead their life according to that essence let them follow that essence instead of all these other very typical things that we get caught up in unnecessarily yeah. so thank you so much I, I i interrupted i'm sorry no i was just saying that the book will definitely give a level of awareness that's for sure because that's the feedback that i've got uh, first step is self awareness then is transforming yourself and then shifting others so uh, the book is to encourage people to just wake up yes yes and we need that we, we certainly need that and amrita please do let us know when the when and how a person can get a hand uh, to one of the copies of your book uh, wish you all the best we'd like to wish you all the best and we can we, i can just see that this is going to be amazing it's going to be successful and we are really honored that you were here today to talk to us about it pleasure it's a mutual pleasure thank you so much thank you thank so much you.